Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It was like a, <gasps> wow, people don't know how to deal with other people's stuff and they don't want to and they want you to be better and they want to talk about how good things are and like your next job and like you're okay and you know and and I feel like that's a that's such a sickness like people are just addicted to moving on everyone's got to Welcome, everyone, to another wonderful, fantastic, and delightful episode of the Fanatics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts. Yeah, you know it. David Magadoff. And with me, as always, is my most wonderful, lovely co-host, Claire Kramer. Hi, Claire. Hi, David. How are you doing today? I got to meet William Shatner today. Captain Kirk. What? Oh, my gosh. He, you know, as far as, like, Hollywood icons and legends go that are still alive, he's he's 91. He's absolutely one of those people that you've just got to, like have an interface with. What was it like, David? What did what did you guys talk about? I looked at the face of a man <laughs> who went into space. He did go into fake. <laughs> I thought you were literally gonna- he's been in fake space. He's been in real space. It's impressive. And he it was it was uh he's a lovely man. He's a real professional and uh again, like you said, Claire, to have not just the wherewithal at 91, but to have the comedic timing, the fun, the ability to just speak clearly in long sentences and have ideas, let alone continue making spoken word. It really is a, a, an inspiration, honestly. I'm like, I hope I have a moment of that feeling at 80. <laughs> I, I hope you get to go into space as well, as I hope I yeah. do. It's interesting, David. They say the first person who's going to live to be 150 years old is already alive right now. Really? Yes. Is that maybe that's you, Claire? I well, I don't know. <laughs> you were a goddess. This episode does tie into that a little bit because today we are talking about mental health awareness with, of course, Charisma yes. Carpenter, who is yes. about half the age or less than William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> She's on a Buffy as Cordelia Chase, as you know, an angel. In addition to that, Expendables to Veronica Mars Charmed. Uh, and she even has her own show on IDTV, Surviving Evil. Uh, really just an absolute pleasure to talk to Charisma today about a very beautiful subject. 
Yes, mental health awareness. How would you, you know, define mental health awareness? And what do you kind of have to say about that at the front of this episode? Well, it's important to talk about and normalize mental health. And we just want to note that neither Claire or I or Charisma is a licensed therapist or mental health professional. And each person's journey is their own. But if you are in need of help and support with your mental health, we encourage you to seek out a licensed professional, much yes. like I do for myself. And they think that's very important. Claire, you know Charisma and have known her for quite some time via, I'm assuming, Buffy? I have known Charisma a long time. I absolutely love Charisma. She has been there for many phases of my life in Los Angeles. She is an amazingly beautiful, intellectual, spiritual, sophisticated woman. And I think this podcast is actually going to show people a lot about Charisma that they don't know. And get ready. Enjoy. Charisma Carpenter, how would you define mental health? Like, what does that mean when someone says mental health? I would imagine that it mental health means the state of your being and your spirit. Like, where are you in, in this moment in time, this, this picture of your life right now? How would you describe your spirit, the condition of your spirit? That's beautiful. It's so interesting because we just had another episode where we talked about like physicality of the human body. And I'm curious because we, t you know, in the definition of mental health is mental, which you think the brain, you know, health, you think the body. So is it limited to your brain or is your whole, as you said, your spirituality, oh. your physicality, is everything connected with mental health? Obviously, everything's connected. Um, it's interesting because I've been you know, personally, I've been having a very difficult time. I've, I've had a, a lot of transformation in my life recently and relocating out of LA and um, spending more time with my family, which could be, be fun. Um, <laughs> I like but, could be fun. <laughs> but could it, no, my family is fun. But I, I mean, it's just like I moved to uh, a different area and it, it's a much smaller area and it's a big adjustment, like just where to get your hair cut, just like you're starting over for 30 years. I've been in the same kind of five mile radius and it's a dramatic change. And I came in the middle of winter and I'm used to sun all the time. I'm having, you know, like mom stuff, like meaning like the heart, like the apron strings are really stretched and my son's going off to college and now asking all the existential questions. And then, you know, just as an actor and getting you know, to be 52 in a couple months, you know, work is harder. It just doesn't come as easily. It, you know, you're not rolling from job to job to job. I'm not used to that. I'm uh, having to kind of take in the realities of ageism. And, you know, there's just, I, I could go on and on with, uh, you know, I lost my dog recently. There are like a lot of things uh, going on with me right now. And so when you ask me, is it, is it the brain? Is it the health, meaning your body? Is it your spirit, which is what my my initial response is? And I think spirit kind of entails and is the bridge between the body and the brain. And obviously, we can do things to improve our, our, our brain work. You know, we can, you know, reduce our sugar levels. We can um, use and for our health. We can use lots of anti-inflammatory dieting, um, not dieting in the traditional sense, like I need to lose weight, but like how can we eat in a way that will support our body to perform and function at its optimal best, right? Like at its peak performance. 
what can we do to do all of those things? Have all of your, uh, have proper rest, drink enough water, lay off the alcohol and all the interruptions and disruptions of sugar and alcohol and all those, you know, things that we do and empty calories that have no nutritional value, but they like fill a need for you in that moment. Like I want salt, um, (laughs) you know, whatever it is. But I think that that the spirit is sort of like speaks to both. It speaks to, you know, you can have a, a, an imbalance in your brain. You know, people that have suffered trauma and I have, you know, I've walked through some some very traumatic experiences in my life. And uh, I have no doubt in my mind that that's created ridges in my brain and um, your neural pathways get, they just tend to go into that groove because that's the bigger groove, right? So your panic, your anxiety, your depression or whatever, if you keep, if we don't heal our brain and we don't train our thinking, we don't exercise ways to uh, uplift ourselves in those moments, then it it literally becomes uh, a pattern. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a problem, you know, uh, and you need medication and you, I, I mean, I'm a big proponent of therapy. I'm a big proponent of bring the body and the mind will follow like contrary action. And I don't want to, I don't want to do anything today. I want to lay in my bed and cry. And, and that is completely valid. Um, some days call for that. And I think it's just listening to your spirit and, and, um, paying attention to, you know, am I indulging? Is there anything I can do today? Just one thing today that'll make me feel better. Just get in nature, go take your dog for a walk. Something so, so simple, low demand. Let me ask you this. When, you know, because we grew up in a generation where, you know, our parents, I don't I don't know, I I'm, I'm guess I'm speaking from personal experience. My parents didn't talk about a lot of stuff with the kids, you know what I mean? It was a very picture-perfect family scenario with a lot of, you know, pent-up emotions behind. And it took me going to New York and going to NYU and getting, like, starting to, like, explore my own individuality to realize that mental health was actually a thing. Like, growing up, I had no idea that was an aspect of my being that needed taken care of. When did you, Charisma, realize that, like, hey, just as important as it is to, you know, work out my body, it's important to work out and take care of my mind. When did you first have that realization in your life? I will tell you that in a second, but I do want to say one of the most important like catchphrases that I can think of right now is, you know, what you, when you were talking about how there was not a lot of, Claire, you're a, you're a perfect example. Like you do not get, you, you have a lot of emotions and you have a lot of chaos going on around you. You have a lot of children, (laughs) You're, you're juggling a lot of businesses and really it's almost like, I don't have time to be in my feelings right now. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't have time. I need to table this for a time when I can. And then the next day comes and the next day comes and then nothing gets dealt with. And then one day something comes along and it side blinds you. And then what? Then you, you, it's, it's often like you neglect your health or you have like a cyst and you ignore the cyst and the cyst continues to grow and fester and get big until the, finally the cyst is like, there's a cyst. And it must be dealt right. with. <laughs> and you are now going to be dealing with me because you ignore, ignore, ignore. And it's okay to not be okay. And I think that that's what our society does not want to buy into. 
it's like, oh, you know, there's this, like, everybody's doing their feelings. Like, you're such a snowflake. It's like, how is not dealing with your feelings served society thus far? I mean, look at our 18-year-old white men um, are shooting. I mean, the most dangerous demographic are angry white men with ARs going around killing everyone. Um, there are people committing suicide at extra, at extreme numbers right now, especially coming off of the pandemic. I mean, it, it, we have health crises. It, it's something that really needs to be dealt with. And so, so I think the mental health aspect is, it's almost like it's too little too late. Like we're only, it's like the climate crisis, you know, it's like we're in such a disaster with the, the, the warming of the air and stuff that if we don't get under, if we don't deal with feelings and we continue to table it, there will be an, an, an eruption. Like you, it will cripple you. You will be faced with a moment where you're like, wow. And I don't know what that moment is. It's a divorce. It's an unexpected, like, oh my God, I have, I have alcoholism. I've been drinking like this for so many, for so long because I won't mm -hmm. deal. It's a counterfeit comfort. It's just an, you know, it's, it's. And it's so common. It's so common to not talk about the stuff, to not be able to say the thing. It's not, it's just easier to uh, not deal it, it's like, I don't want to cry. I don't have time to cry. I have, and, and what happens is what you, it stores in your body. All of that tension and all of that unspoken uh, feeling is absorbed. You're, it's energy in your body. And I, and I, I believe, I believe this. I think our, our, you know, we have an opportunity to talk about it. We have an opportunity to normalize it. We have an opportunity to do that. And a lot of people want to say, well, oh, that's, that's weakness. You know, if I were to tell you I'm having a bad day, I'm taking a mental health day, this is what is for the greater good of my sanity. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's Home Equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Charisma, can I ask some like amazing moments where you've been able to kind of be a light in someone's life? Like I've been in therapy for, I think, over 10 years now, and it's been awesome. And I've encouraged people to go and they have. And it's such a cool thing when something that matters so much to you, you can affect others with. So has there ever been like a, a moment or a, a group you've spoken to or a, maybe another podcast you've done where someone's been like, oh, my gosh, Charisma, thanks for showing this to me? Mm hmm. I don't know. 
I mean, I do on my on my Instagram, which is kind of funny because I just do a lot of blasting on my <laughs> Instagram about situations and politics. And I really do feel like people give me a lot of feedback about being, you know, a, a light, you know, and and in that sense. And I don't, I don't know. I I think, I think when I did Surviving Evil, and people got to know me in the sense that I've ha- I've had a, a tremendous trauma and um and I've had other things in my life but you know that's a public thing where they were like wow that happened in 90 something and then you're here you've been able to like deal with that and 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 continue on and you've gone to have a pretty successful career and you've been on these historically fantastic shows and you know, I'm not shooting heroin and, and, you know, like, or beating people up or getting arrested. So like, I must be doing, I must have something figured out. Right. So in a very polite way, you know, in a humble way, I, I have to say that there have been feedbacks about like how my positivity has affected them, but I don't feel like, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to answer Yeah, it's that. more something that your your honesty and your openness on Instagram and social media has been, I think, for you, something where you've been able to say like, hey, look at me. These have been my experiences. And other people feel yeah, kind of inspired by it. I never want to say, look at me. Oh, not look at me. I never want to be like, not hey, look, look at me. me. You know, like, look how no. I'm doing it right. Because I know you don't mean that yeah, in that exactly. sense. But I am very careful about that because, yeah. because th- that's tricky. I cannot pretend like I'm okay when I'm not. Yeah. I just can't. You know. So when it's just not Let's in go me. back. Let me call back to the question earlier. When did you realize in your life, you know, that mental health was something that needed attention, taken care of? It was it was just as important as the physicality. Okay. I, I think this is a moment. This is a moment where I knew it was an issue, which is it needs to be taken care of, like just even in my own yeah. family, where something tragic, you know, uh, uh, I was profoundly abused by my older brother. And I, it never, it never got dealt with, you know, like there was, a, there were m- many facets to that abuse. So there was some parts of the abuse that was accepted by the family, but other parts that were not accepted that they deny still to this day even. So it's very difficult for me to be around that person. And it, it it affects the rest of the family because they know like I have this thing with this person. And I had a person in my life that I loved very much, an uncle, say to me like, when are you going to get over this? Like, when are you, you know, like, and I realized in that moment how that sort of, it wasn't, it wasn't about like until a person can be heard and be validated in their pain being being validated. And that's why it's so important when you're raising children to to not tell boys or girls, like try to hug their pain away and make it better and give them a kiss. Like to just say, I understand that you're frustrated right now. I hear you. I could see why that would hurt your feelings. Like it's so important. Our language and dealing with people is so important that you never want to invalidate a person's feelings. And when my uncle said that to me, like, you know, when are you going to get over this? It's been like 20 years, you know? And it's like, it was like a, 
wow, people don't know how to deal with other people's stuff and they don't want to and they want you to be better and they want to talk about how good things are and like your next job and like you're okay and you know and and I feel like that's a that's such a sickness like people are just addicted to moving on like pull up your bootstraps and let's go and I'm all about it I'm all about pulling up your bootstraps and carrying on. I absolutely yeah, am. Sometimes. But I'm going to certainly right? process it first. <laughs> yes. No, absolutely. Sometimes. One you know? of the best pieces, uh, and this is just from a friendship level, one of the best pieces of advice, and it wasn't really advice, it was us just talking at this point, that I have taken from you with being a parent, being a mother, and having now my oldest daughter's 14. Of course, Donovan is older, um, 19, 19, which is crazy. But, you know, you were like, we were talking about like, ah, they're, you know, they're teenagers and crazy. And you were like, yeah, just like being a parent and being a mother is just about going back in like every morning, like starting fresh, like just going, diving back in and taking whatever comes because, you know, unlike the trauma with your brother where your uncle's saying, get over it, with a teenager, you're dealing with a totally different entity. They don't know they're acting out. They're trying personalities. They're, you know, mm. self, you know, self-projecting. And so I, it was great advice. And it's really, really helped me and given me perspective of like, okay, every single experience I have with my daughters is not like, that's not life-defining. It's it's not, I just have to like brush it aside and go back in as thing, you know, as if things are great every every new moment that arises, you know? And I, I, it was really, it has affected me in a very positive way with my parenting. So I want to thank you. See, you are like an advocate for positive, you know, mental awareness, I would say, even more than mental health, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I care about people. I think that's just the, the, the beginning and the end of it is just, you know, hurt people hurt people. And it, as long as I am caring for myself and I'm nurturing my inner child and, and trying to forgive and, and, you know, my own trespasses and my own character defects and my own, um, transgressions against my own child and the things that I've said to him that were very harming, you know, um, you know, not with intention, not the intention to do that, but, you know, ha making him see like this, is not okay. And this is why this is not okay. And I think when we don't call the thing, the thing, and we don't say the thing, then they're under the auspices that this way of life is the way to be. And it, what it does is it harms you in every relationship in your life going forward. And whenever I've had breakdowns with my son, I, I've been like, we have to conflict res resolve this issue. And we may talk over each other and it may be very, very hard. And you may see me as your mom. So therefore, you know, I only see these things about you because I am your mom, not a individual person. You're taking, you're taking for granted that I am a person first before I am your mom. And, and I want you to respect what I'm saying because it comes from life experience. And so we've, we've had those sort of like moments and, and, and I think as he's matured, it's gotten easier and it will get easier with you and your girls. And you're, I just never, I honestly can't gloss over shit. I can't pretend I'm okay when I'm not. And I will never do that with my kid. I can't be like past the salt. We don't ever resolve it. Hey, I'm sorry that we aren't getting along right now. 
I am so sorry that I hurt your feelings. I feel hurt. I'm being a jerk. I really want to be with you right now. I I I, I can't. I don't I don't know when, but I love you. That is one of the you things I mean? that like, I love about you, Charisma, is that that you have that ability. And I've like I I want the listeners and I have personally learned from that. And I want people to understand that you know, mental health and mental advocacy isn't just about like, it isn't just about the the self-care of the therapies. and the, It's about the verbalization with, you know, others and your relationships. Yeah. But I think a lot of people need the language through therapy. You have to learn, well, why am I being so defensive right now? Why do I feel like this person's attacking me? Why when Donovan says this to me, that does it make me feel a certain kind of way? Like, and I have to learn language. Like, this isn't my stuff. This isn't his stuff. This is my stuff. Like, what he's saying to me is, and how I receive that information is 100% a result of my filter, my childhood, my abandonment, my abuse, my whatever that stuff is. And as long as you never deal with this, it will care. You will have a bag <laughs> on your shoulder in every relationship, work. A uh, love relationship, parent relationship, you have to deal with I your agree. shit. I agree. Yeah. So I love you're bringing this up because it's true. They, they We call them emotional allergies, right? So someone might say something to me and I might have a huge blow up, which I've, I've totally done. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I blew up at them because I'm still angry about what my father told me 15 years ago, you know? So I love identifying and putting words and language to things that otherwise feel kind of scattered. So my question for you, since you brought it up, Charisma, is mm. since you are such a, you know, a personal advocate and so it means it's so important for you mental health over your years, what are some things that you've learned? Do you meditate mm. or do you like talk therapy? Do you like CBT? <laughs> like are you an Enneagram person? I'm there's I'm sure you have a I list. I can't meditate. We went, remember I we meditated in Australia? It. We went to that guy, the guru. Yes. I was losing my mind. You had to sit on her knees I was not, on these bolsters. Listen, I'll try it. <laughs> I Yes, I do remember. That was a beautiful experience, and I loved the guided yes. meditation. It, I can yes. do. I can do a guided meditation much better, and I have Headspace on my phone, and I see calm advertisements on my Instagram <laughs> stories on the, you know, uh, regular. Um, you know, I, I think that's phenomenal if you can do that. But what I learned, okay, so I've gone to extremes. I've gone no. and done ayahuasca. Yeah, tell, tell us everything. Amazon. Tell us everything. I mean, I've gone and done ayahuasca. I've gone to the, you know, the jungle and for a week and I've really done my level best. I've done therapy. You know, I've read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I've read uh, Al-Anon. I've read you know, uh, this, my dad, when I was a very young age, handed me, uh, the greatest salesman in the world, which has scrolls in it. It's like life scrolls. There's always like, this is back to scroll four. My dad would say to me whenever I bring in a, a problem to him, you know, he's like, go read scroll, you know, this scroll, or there's always been like, or Wayne Dyer, whatever, whatever, whatever phase you're in in your life. Um, I feel I do my best work when I go, what can I do for me right now that is the most, I'm going to get emotional, loving, 
caretaking thing I can do right now? Like, what do you need? And I'm like, you know what? I want to sing brave at the top of my lungs because I find when you scream or you, I, which I didn't even know, like it, it's visceral and it just sort of like breaks. It breaks your heart chakra. Like it cracks you open. Like there's something very vulnerable about the voice. You can hear tension. You can hear nervousness. You can hear it quake, quiver. It's so revealing. And when I was listening to Brave the other day, and I just started singing and then I want you to be brave. And she's singing. And I was like, say, I don't sing. I cannot sing. Nobody should hear this. But I started to say it. I was saying it out loud. And then I started being louder with it. And I just started crying. And it was so unexpected. It was such a spontaneous moment for me. Um, and I was like, this is exactly what I needed <laughs> right now. I needed to cry. I needed to get it out. I've boxed with my trainer and I've, I've been in yoga and I've been in a, in a, in pigeon and I've started to cry. We have so much tension in our hips. Um, I've, I, I think whenever you can break bodily tension, that is like the first thing. Like I have to be able to identify what's making me sad. Why am I feeling like this? What did I hear? What do I keep repeating? Don't believe what you hear. It, it, you, I mean, like you can't always believe what you think. And so I, I, I talk to people. I talk to my therapist. I talk to girlfriends. I listen to music. I listen to me even when I'm sad. I almost, I almost, I just embrace the sadness. I, I've, I've been really sad lately, and I'm just like I've been listening to a lot of Mumford and Sons. <laughs> I love and, them. You know, after the storm, you know, music has always been my medicine. It's just always spoken to me. Lyrics speak to me, and I can I can hear. I I just want to be truthful with myself about what I'm feeling. Where do I feel it in my body right now? As I'm talking to you, I feel tension in my throat. You know, I I'm just you know, the energy and I feel tension in my throat and I just want to be with that, you know, like why? Yeah, I'll sit down with a, with an open piece of paper and a pen sometimes and just be like, if I'm feeling awkward or weird or tense or sad, I'll just be like, wait, 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 first things first. Let me just ask. I just will ask my body. I'm like, what am I feeling sad about? And it'll always pop up. If you just take the moment, because yeah. so, you don't want to, journaling. You know, no one wants to do that. You want to just move on. But I know I'm like, I can't move on if I don't figure out what the fuck I'm sad about right now. So I write, what am I sad about? And always is like the thing yesterday in the morning. Remember that, th- that moment? And you're like, oh yeah, I got to go back to that. Right. Cause you got my coffee order. Yeah. Or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. Just, and then you're, then you're on the next thing you know, you're on the, on an episode of snapped on uh discovery channel. <laughs> what is your um, advice for someone who? doesn't practice good mental awareness or mental I I am I'm driving towards the term mental honestly awareness yeah, what's a good more? first step for someone who's listening yeah. who's like you know what I am anxious and I'd love to you know or I've had some trauma or just what's a good first step do you think charisma do you know how many times I've said I have this terrible stomach or, or this awful headache and I don't know why why am I so tense right now? Like everything's fine. I'm not really stressed out. I don't really, I don't know why I'm having this. Like nothing's really wrong. Nothing's wrong. Mm. <laughs> this is your body. This is your cues. You're being snappy or you're edgy or you're being like, yeah. you, it, the, 
it's being aware of it or somebody has to tell you, you know, why are you being so aggressive with me right now? Or why is that your reaction? I mean, I've said something really cruddy recently and I was like, hold on, that wasn't called for. I am so sorry. Like I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I'm in fear. I'm, um, not getting my way, you know? Um, so in terms of awareness is a lot of people don't want to be aware. I think the first step is just being willing to be aware, you know, and being willing to go like, uh, why am I being like this? Why am I, why am I so closed yeah. off? Why why am I constantly listening to how people respond to you and how they occur to you are great indicators of awareness and how your mental health is going. And like, I, I think just being willing to listen to, to feedback and not personalize it and take it as an attack and just be like, oh, wow, that's interesting that that I'm occurring to this person this way. Wonder what that's about. And, it, and what our defense is, I'm not being like that. What are you talking about? You know, um, a lot of people don't want to feel, a lot of people would rather have a glass of wine and carry on with the day. Mm-hmm. I don't have time. I don't want to cry. I'm afraid to cry because I don't know how many tears are going to come out. I'm going to ugly cry. It's going to look ugly. It's going to scare people. Sounds are going to come out of mm-hmm. my body I've never heard before. And I'm afraid of those feelings. I mean, it's so common. Yeah. Wanting to, wanting my dog to is digging. I don't oh, go to fine. the gym. Chris? Yeah. <laughs> wanting to go to the gym. <laughs> is enough. Meaning like, you're like, how do I get better? How do I like get abs and muscles using the metaphor? It's like just saying to yourself, I actually think that going to a therapist might be a good idea. Just even having that thought is probably the very first start a good person could have. I mean, I think like the very first time I went to therapy, therapy, I had a breakdown with a boyfriend. He'd really, he'd made some comment that was deeply wounding. And my response was anger. And he said some, he's like, you know, you're really angry. And I was like, oh my God, I am. It rang true. I didn't like it, but it rang true. And I said, I I need to do something. And I had never dealt with the crime that I was involved with. I'd never been to a therapist about it. And it took that one person to say the thing to me that, and my willingness to go, wow, they're, they're right. (laughs) and I don't want to be angry. I want to love people and I want to be gentle with people and I want to be kind and tread lightly and be in integrity and be authentic and raw and honest and just be able to say the thing and just be like, the way you're talking to me does not feel good. You know, I want to be able to acknowledge that and be honest and then go to therapy. And sometimes that's a journey too, you know, not just one therapist fits everybody. Taking the, you know, we've talked a lot about therapy and, and you know, there's many types of therapy out there, uh, but taking away the socioeconomic, like, privilege side of getting to go to therapy. That's very it, hard. Mental health becomes, you know, it is a socioeconomic issue, I feel, you know, because there are, there is, 100%. there's a time, there's no access, there's a financial cost, there's, you know, a, the physical time. So what are, what are some things other than like following, you mentioned like the Calm app. I also have like the I am positive notifications coming up and the, you know, different things I follow. I know, but I think there's also toxic positivity, you know, good vibes only, you know, it's like, it's just not fucking Mm -hmm. realistic. 
We're supposed to be what? We're supposed to be super uber productive every fucking minute of our day. We're supposed to be positive every freaking minute. It's not possible. Like my currently right now, my ass is falling off. I am incredible pain right now. But the truth of the matter is, I'm going to say it. Mm -hmm. I'm in a lot of pain. I've been in a lot of pain. And, And what I do when I'm in a lot of pain is I fucking feel it. I get sad and I fucking am honest with myself. Like I'm sad and I don't want to drink and I don't want to shop and I don't want to screw somebody and I don't want to, you know, whatever all the, all the other things that, you know, take a pill to not feel it or mask it in some way. Um, I really want to be in it. And it's not, it's not about indulging and being like, uh, it's not, it's being fucking real and honest with how you are and how you are feeling. And it's okay. It's okay to not, it's okay for people to see you cry. If my kid never sees me cry and never sees me conflict resolve, what kind of tools is that? If he never sees me and my boyfriend fight or my husband and I fight and know like we can fight respectfully, we can fight and disagree. And sometimes voices can get loud, not abusive, but they can get passionate. And it's still, and then you're role modeling, like, but then it will resolve. They, you are mentoring healthy boundaries. You're that, like, anytime somebody raises their voice, they're at their job. If they're like, anytime they're not going to cringe and be a, a possum and fall over and die because they've never seen it, they don't know how to deal with it. You know what I mean? Like, you, you are doing your children no service at all if you're not affectionate with your partner, if you're not in love with your partner, if you're not honest with your partner, if you aren't able to say the truth and be like, I don't feel like my needs are being met, or I don't feel like you're hearing me and using language that says, oh, and then the partner says, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know that I was being like that. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I, I'm going to work on that. Or can you be more specific with what it was that I said to you that made you feel that way? Like those are the ways we make society better. It starts in the home. Charity begins in the home just as mental health mm-hmm. begins in the home. Having the language and the tools and how you deal with that socioeconomically. Every therapist I know always has a few slots that they do pro bono or they do it at a very reduced rate. There are also websites that you can go to that deal with um, sliding scales. Um, there are teletherapists that you can get access to. There are uh, free hotlines, suicide hotlines, people that you can co- contact. You can, you know, I can't even, I'll be honest, when the pandemic hit in m- mid-March. Um, March 16th of 2020. I was getting a, <laughs> 17th, the whole yeah. world shut down. And I remembered putting on my Instagram, hey, because I was getting inundated with, because people are like, you're so positive, you've blah, blah, blah. And and I thought, you know, and today is Mental Health Day, May 19th. And I was thinking of doing a post and just being really, really honest with people. It's just like, listen, I'm having a hard time right now. I'm going through a very hard time. And it's it's important to be honest with yourself and to be able to trust people with your emotions and, be, and knowing who to trust with your emotions. And and then to let them know, like, I'm not okay right now. I need a hug or I need to talk this through. Can you be with me? And I don't want your advice. (laughs) I just need you to listen. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's really important. Um, 
hotlines. Anyway, I was saying I wanted to give back because I was giving a lot of, I was getting a lot of DMs from a lot of sad people during the pandemic. They couldn't go to their coffee shop. They couldn't have the one interaction that they are habitually doing, or they couldn't be on the computer and meet people. People are social. And, um, I decided, you know what, DM me if you would like words of encouragement. Well, I got in. I just found that I didn't even, I thought there were 250 responses. I just, the algorithm or right. something changed when it went over to meta. And I got, I have DMs still from 103, seven weeks ago. Wow. From that day that I never even knew I had. So I got over 200, I don't even know how many hundreds. But at that time, I thought there was 250 email uh, DMs saying, I would love words of mm. encouragement. This is how I'm feeling. Yeah. This is where I live. And this is why I feel this way. I um, am isolated and I'm alone and I can't go to the coffee shop and and or whatever the thing is. Or I'm disabled you know, or I, you know, the Meals on Wheels person is the only person I see. And now that they're not, you know, it's just, it's, it was just an incredible time. So I decided I'm going to make these videos for my fans who have been with me for 25 years. I'm like, I'm going to do something back totally free. And so through the course of that, the pandemic, I was able to get through all of them. And then I said, you know, I want to do my own cons from now on. And that's how my cons started. Mm -hmm. Well, we're in a position out of love for fans and wanting to. Get yeah. I mean, you're in a unique position because obviously, you know, certain projects you've been a part of really resonate with groups of people. And like you said, they, they've, created fans for life. And so you're able to be, I hate the word influencer, but you're able to be a positive or a positive inspiration, not happy, not uh, not always happy, not always whatever, a positive role model or map of how you deal with life's ebbs and flows. Because in my opinion, life is all about like making the most of the times between the nightmares and disasters. You know, the nightmares, disasters, the the mental down points, they're going to happen. They're going to happen more often than not. If you're able to have fun in between all that stuff and, you know, connect with people, that's, that's what it's about. And it's about community. And so with MyCon and with your social media, you've created you know, this community where people don't feel they have to, you know, mask or shield. They're able to reveal what's really going on. And that's that's pretty special. I would hope that I would make people feel safe. I can't think of a bigger compliment or a better thing to be said about you. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like, you know what? I feel like when I talk to Charisma, she hears me and that she has eye contact and that she's with me and how I'm feeling and she creates space for me to say what I need to say. And then, you know, that that's what I would hope. I'm always looking for communication and I think texting is not the way to do it. I think I, you know, let's sit down and have a conversation on the phone. And if even better, if we can meet in person, can we just have this conversation in person? Because there's so much lost in translation when you text. And yeah, I, I just think I that we're starting to become disconnected. You know, I got a text message from a girlfriend says, can I call you? <laughs> when did we, when did we start having these levels of, of communication? You know, like we're starting to like, if we aren't connecting, there is no society. There, there is no greater good for all. There, there is, there is, we stop caring about each other if we can't connect. Yeah. 
you know? Um, and if we're starting to like, hey, can I call you via text? Like, you can always call me. <laughs> just call me. It's true. But it's just, you know. I know I can call it, you for anything, like anything. And I, I and I know what I get is honesty and, and a real conversation. And, you know, we all. Well, I hope you don't feel shamed or humiliated or I hope I've never. No. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> only of my own actions at times. But no, I mean, that's. I think you touched on something else, which we're almost done and we want you to fit in the love letter. So I won't make this too long, but you touched on something else, which is understanding the parameters of certain relationships. You know, there's certain friends you will call for that. Hey, let's go out and grab some, you know, what do we used to get the right. butter cake? And then there's certain friends like you for me that I'll call when I need the down and dirty, honest truth. What help me break this down? Is that why I haven't down. heard from you? <laughs> Why? Because I, I because I'm I'm not ready to get I'm like just forging ahead right now. I'm not I'm getting back into my mental health awareness yoga routine. But yeah, this past two years have been a nightmare for me personally. Um yeah. anyway, you are the type where honesty and like, you know, a skill set comes with a conversation and I love you for that. So David, take it away. Charisma, this has been a joy in that it's been so honest. And thank you for sharing all of that, honestly. <laughs> Seriously, that's right. The greatest health we can do is going back say the to thing. go forward. Say the thing. It's hard <laughs> to say the thing. And it's a thank you for giving people the encouragement to do that and the strength. Uh, if you could regale us with a love letter to mental health, we'd be honored. Well, how about, how about Dear Mental Health Day? I am so grateful that you exist so all of us collectively can consider how our spirit is and the condition of our spirit today. Love, charisma. Thank you. Love that it. was great. <laughs> thanks, I love charisma. it. Genuinely, thanks. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today. It's so great talking about mental health awareness because it is just important. And as someone who's enjoyed therapy, I've just, it's so nice to have these conversations just to remind ourselves that just simply identifying that 
we need to take care of ourselves and take care of our brains. <laughs> that already is like, it's like getting into the gym. It's like just walking into the gym is 90% of it. And just what you do there is a beautiful thing. Well, that's why they call it yoga practice, not yoga perfect. Like sometimes you just have to show up. Uh-huh. But I do want to like clarify, you know, it is great talking about mental health and mental health awareness, but that doesn't mean it feels great all the time. And that's one, you know, that's one thing that we need to delineate with the podcast is addressing your mental health, just like going to the gym or whatever, isn't always going to feel good. You know, it's not going to, it's not going to feel great to delve into really what makes you the most upset and not use those counterfeit comforters that we were talking about alcohol or, you know, whatever escapism you may have, uh, watching movies, reading too much. It could be anything, whatever divergent thing you use to take your mind off what's actually bugging you. If you actually address that and delve deep in there, it's not going to be comfortable and it's not going to be fun, but it is necessary to your mental health awareness and mental health well-being and also your physical well-being. We did talk about that connection, that like mental, physical, spiritual connection, David. What do you, what do you think about that? I think it's about having a wholehearted life, right? Like struggle is a part of life. There's no way to avoid it. So you could try. You're not going to be very successful. I certainly haven't been. So when I'm sad, I realize, oh, just feel sad. And so then I feel sad. And then that's actually for me. And I can only talk about my own journey. And Claire, of course, you can talk about yours. When I feel my feelings is when I kind of am able to let them go easier. So if I'm angry at someone, maybe I address that with the person. Maybe I just need to write a letter, you know? And it's true. Do you Your send gut, the letter though? Right. Well, do you write it and you not may, send sometimes it? Sometimes yes. <laughs> sometimes yes. Sometimes you got to burn that mother. What do you, know? you do and with you just, the text about... that you almost send? Like <laughs> we, you just send it to yourself. We or... can all relate to that. Like we're so angry. You you're can send it to me, Claire. Up. You're fired up inside, <laughs> and you write that text. You type it out, and you're like, "Do I do it? Do I not do it? You know, what do you do, David? How do you control that? That like." urge for resolution versus the urge of social conditioning and knowing like Uh, the appropriate time frame to let your emotions temper down. You know what I do again, please. Like we said in the intro, we are not licensed (laughs) anything. We are barely podcast hosts and, and thespians. Um, but we, uh, what I do is I will actually bounce it off with my therapist, like a, like a life coach. I'll be like, so I'm really angry about this thing. And I don't know how to broach it to this person, whoever it might be. And uh, I'm thinking of doing this. What do you think? And he'll be like, no, like you could write that, but they will not receive it and they'll be angry and they're going to be hurt and it's hurt hurting people. He's like, if you really want them to hear this thing, try phrasing it like this. And then my therapist is like the greatest editor of like a text or an email or a phone call that I've ever had. And I will literally just throw it to him and he's got this quiet wisdom and all of a sudden now I have and, – and on top of it, he'll also be like, great, you don't need to send that at all. I'm glad you wrote it out. Let's just, let's just talk about what's coming up with that. And all of a sudden I'll realize, oh, cool, between just writing it out. How about you, Claire? Do you, have you ever – I mean, have what I does ever? that look like for you? <laughs> Wait, ask me have the you question. Ever this week? Finish it. I cut you off. But, yeah, I have <laughs> ever laughed. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do you do you find yourself sending or calling in ways uh, people and you're like, shoot, I shouldn't have done that? Or do you find it? Do you find yourself in more cathartic ways where you're getting things off your chest and other people are also feeling 
maybe a sense of healing or respect. Well, from I it. have... it's, it's a tough one. This whole uh, feelings hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I have like the inner inner circle where I have no filter with those people, <laughs> you know, the family. Then I have the next, no, not, not just my family. Then I have the next round of people where it's like, you know, I may express something and in, and maybe do it inappropriately. And then I have to reflect and be like, Oh, I'm really sorry. I did that. I, I'm sorry. You know, and I truly, I'm sorry. And then I have the last realm, which we talked a little bit about in the podcast when I told Charisma, like, hey, it's really important to recognize what someone is capable of in their relationship with you, you know? And that understanding for me has been essential in saying, hey, listen, that friend is a friend who I go out with and eat sushi with. That's not a friend I talk about, you know, X, Y, or Z with that is very, you know, central to my core. And understanding the parameters with which other people operate helps with that spillage, if you will, you know? Yes. But with the immediate yeah. family, a, I'm, I'm... trusted people. Yeah, yeah. With the immediate family and, and friends, I'm still working on that filter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, whatever you guys decide to do and however you guys move about your life with mental health, you know, we, we applaud you and we hope the absolute best because... It is the journey of life, and it's a, a, a beautiful thing. And um, thanks, we thank Charisma for being able to talk about such a, a sweet and sensitive topic today. And, uh, you know, it's cool that that's her passion. That's what she's a fanatic of. And, guys, we hope you enjoy all of our wonderful podcasts and all the wonderful fanaticisms from uh, deep, wonderful things like mental health awareness to uh, going to the movies with Raphael Sabarge. Uh, guys, Please subscribe, like all the wonderful things that you can do to podcasts. We love it. Yes. We're here for it. And we'll see you. Well, well, when will we see them, David? We will hear them or they will hear us next Thursday. Boom. Bye. All right, guys, before you get going, let me tell you about next week's episode. We got on Mr. Henry Zabrowski. He is wonderful. You know him from the LPN show, the last podcast on the left, LPN Deep Dives Dune. Gosh, he's such a good podcaster. Also, Netflix has showed the characters, Wolf of Wall Street and Heroes Reborn. He is wonderful, amazing, hilarious, and really, really loves Fixer Upper. Yeah, you thought we were stopping it with Michael C. Hall's Chip Gaines episode? No way. He loves the whole freaking show. More to come. See you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to Fanatics, a Roddenberry podcast. For more episodes and info, head over to wearefanatics.com or tweet your Fanatics thoughts and stories at wearefanatics. Yes, that's we are F-A-N-A-D-D-I-C-T-S. Our show is hosted by Claire Kramer and me, David Magadoff. Produced by me, Claire Kramer, and Kelsey Goldberg. Executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Our sound engineer and editor is Elizabeth Joy Windham. And you can thank Stephen Mudd for our theme song. Catch us next Thursday for another Fanatics episode. Take a breath. Take a pause. You don't need to have a cause. The only cause that you need is because you love yourself.